Tin Can Podcast presents The Twelve Plays of Christmas. Baba Shegalu by Mike Shepard. Very well, then. I shall tell you a story. As we sit here on the cusp between two centuries, our world garlanded with telegraph wires and cables across oceans, it may seem strange to think of wild places and lost things. But as we look forward to the 20th century, the masters most assuredly of our own destiny, we must consider the men and values that will shape the empire and indeed the world in the decades to come. So our story begins with my time at Pune, where an old soldier came to my office and insisted upon telling me of his days in Afghanistan. I'd heard a thousand such tall tales and would have sent him away without a thought were it not for something unaccountably old and immeasurably beautiful that he carried with him. Lance Corporal Sidney Parks had been on detachment when the Ghazi laid siege to the Sherpa cantonment in the December of 79, and the war began in earnest. Isolated from his comrades, he had little choice but to conduct himself through hostile country in the hope of rejoining the army at Jalalabad. The ranks at that time were alive with stories of the previous war, when the soldiers of the Queen had first sought to bring order to that inscrutable land, forty years before. That catastrophic retreat had become a running battle in two feet of snow, and that, in turn, became a massacre. Only one man had returned from that first army. Perhaps one day I will tell you his story, but not today. Because it is Christmas, and at Christmas we should always want someone in our stories to come away with their sanity. Acutely aware of the snipers that populated the hillside, and marked out by his scarlet tunic against the snow, Parks desperately scoured the steep valley's sides for what cover he could find. Oh, bleeding hell. Chancing upon a cluster of abandoned buildings that might afford him some better shelter, Parks approached cautiously. The Afghan houses were traditionally squat and rectangular, built of mud brick with high, small windows. To enter by the single door would have left him exposed to the fire of his foes, but finding one house with an old bread oven built onto its rear, he realised that he could easily fit into its broad flue. Oh well, he goes nothing. Quickly hauling himself into position, he dropped smartly down the chimney and into the house below. The first sight to greet him was a vision of Jesus. Set into a niche on the wall, a small painted wooden panel portrayed a man. A little darker and more cleanly shaven than we might know him, but undoubtedly Christ in his agony. As he took in the rest of the room, he met another pair of eyes, wider and more vital than those of the painted Oriental Christ. Papa Shagalu! exclaimed the little boy, hugging himself to the soldier's red coat. Park smiled as broadly as he could to reassure the child before catching sight of the boy's mother watching over them both. A heavy iron kettle raised defensively before her. Slowly and deliberately, he set down his Martini Henry carbine and with a rough but effective combination of Persian and Pashto words, sought to explain himself. 
I thought the house is abandoned. I mean you no harm. And all the while, the little fellow danced and clapped and sang the name of Baba Shagaloo. He thinks you are the Christmas man. He thinks you'll give him presents. You keep Christmas? I mean, are you Christians? The emir banished our people to Peshawar, but we became lost. And the boy's father? Also lost. I'm sorry. Parks would have said more, but the young boy, no more than three or four years in age, had returned to grasp his whiskers and sing his praises. Father Christmas, is it? Well, I think I know a thing or two about that. We call him Baba Shagalu. It is the only story that will keep the boy quiet and stop him wanting to go outside. Well then, young man, and what's your name? No, wait. Baba Shagalu already knows the names of all the boys and girls. Now, what's your mother's name? Roxana. Had he been a better educated man... Parks would have noted that Roxana was the name of the Afghan bride taken by Alexander the Great, a pleasing resonance I am happy to relate here, but one of which he was wholly ignorant. Let's see what we have for you. There you are, see? A touch battered, maybe, and I've had a little for myself, I will admit, but even so. British Army ration chocolate. I can't get enough of this stuff. Go on, try some. And your mother? It's good, huh? Delighted with his gift, the child set to greedily smearing it about his face. I need to get out of here. Is there any way to get out of the valley without being seen? I can show you. There are some old ditches from when this land was farmed. They will hide you, and if you follow them north, they will lead you onto the valley. Thank you. Look, take this. It's all the money I have. I can't. And that's not much use to me here. Come on, it's Christmas. And here's hoping that you'll get yourself somewhere that you can spend it. Very well. But we must give you something in return. And so Roxana fetched that beautifully executed icon of Christ from its niche and handed it to Parks. Having seen it for myself, I can state that the antiquity of the artifact was immense perhaps having been passed down from those first converts made by the Apostle Thomas himself when he travelled in that land. Yet, despite my best entreaties that he should sell it to the British Museum, he kept it with him all his life. You might want to leave your coat. It's cold out there. And besides, what would Baba Shagaloo be without his red coat? I wouldn't want to spoil the magic for the little one. The ditch begins beside the old animal pens on the opposite side of the yard. When I open the door, run. Thank you. Go! Merry Christmas! That the emir's men had pursued him so diligently can only be taken as testament to their disdain for British values. In the time that Parks had been in the house, a cannonade procured from either the Ottoman or Persians had been installed on the opposite side of the valley. Whether by chance or design, the first mortar shell neatly penetrated the roof of the house where Parks had rested, and in the time it took him to turn and blink his disbelief, the walls had exploded to dust and the ceiling utterly collapsed. No! For the love of Christ, no! It's me you want, you bastards! That was just a... Woman and a child! As a soldier, 
Parks could only spare a moment's solemn reflection for Roxana and her young son before steeling himself to his duty. It clearly proved to be the making of him, as the rough Lance Corporal Sid Parks rose to become Sergeant Major Sidney Parks, M.C. The men he commanded were as sons to him, and he doted upon mothers of the company and their children every Christmas time. A more generous and gentle soldier you could not have hoped to meet. He served long enough to distinguish himself at Omjaman, manning the Maxim gun under his charge until not one Sudanese stood living before him. It was only a small story, and I sometimes wonder why he seemed so pressed to tell it to me. Clearly these little incidents served to galvanise the fellow's character, forging a man apt to meet both triumph and disaster with fortitude and sanguine disposition. And such men as he will yet be the engineers of tomorrow's pomp. Though he never ate chocolate again, couldn't stand the taste. Now where were we? Ah yes, Merry Christmas, and here's to the memory of Baba Shagaloo. This was Baba Shagaloo, written by Mike Shepard, starring Chris Spurides, David Whitney, and Fiona McKinnon, engineered and scored by Frederick Fournier. This was a Tin Can Podcast production.